Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. All right, good morning. This is often how I start my classes. I like to pull everybody up and have a conversation. Start with a, like an intimate experience, like togetherness, and ultimately that's what I'm striving for uh, in my experience as an individual, is to create this safe, intimate experience of togetherness. And I would say Peace Retreat is a reflection of that, attempting to collect people <laughs> and you know, have meaningful experiences together in various different ways. Yesterday is an example of that. We had ceremonies here yesterday. So it's an example of togetherness and, and these intimate spaces where we're attempting to shape who we are as an individual, doing it as a collective. And there's something very powerful in that, very powerful. So I'm gonna walk you through the focus of this class, which is on the shoulders. And I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna lay out why I'm focused on the shoulders in this practice. What lives in the shoulders is up on the board. Left shoulder, we can hold blame, experience of blame, blaming ourselves, blaming others. We have a tendency of doing that. We can blame ourselves for all sorts of different things and we can certainly blame other people for all sorts of different things. And also the experience of contro feeling controlled by others, and whatever that looks like. And you know, there's a thousand reasons why that's true in our lives, feeling controlled by others. And so that's the left shoulder. On the right, we hold guilt. Guilting ourselves, guilting others, feeling guilted by others, right shoulder and also the experience of controlling, attempting to control ourselves and control other people, other things. And so we hold a lot in the shoulders and there can be a lot of tension in the shoulders for these reasons and more. And so your relationship to blame and guilt and control live in the shoulders and useful to rid ourselves of that experience. The body holds, the body holds. It's one of the reasons why I love yoga so much. You can get into very specific parts of the body as a way to release what we're holding there. Perspectives, emotions, energy, these kinds of things. And so I'm gonna distill this into a couple of points. The pain of the past, that's true. Lots of pain in the past. We have a tendency of carrying with us. Some are, some not, meaning some is ours and some is not, and completing your past and how important that is. And so I'm gonna walk you through these topics with some distinctions and the idea is that you see yourself on the board in this conversation because you're in it in your own way however that shows up so the pain of the past an internal dilemma as you are traumatized and burdened by your past that is true we're traumatized and burdened by our past and we have a tendency of toting that along through our lives as heavy load you could say that you're living on top of your former self, which is dead. It's your corpse of the past. And we can do that. We can nestle ourselves right on the, our dead ideas or everything that was former, that has no life. It's lived, it's died, it's there, and we can stand on top of it. The consequence of that is consistently reliving our past. And we have a tendency of doing that. And if you want evidence of that, all you do is have to look at your life and how often you've repeated certain things in your life. 
that have caused you some pain and suffering. If you do not revive or rescue and redeem yourself, you are the walking dead. There is nothing new about you. Just you chasing your old dead ideologies. We can do that too. We're chasing things we already know in the attempt to experience them yet again. Some of those things aren't good for us. Some of the ways in which we torment ourselves and torture ourselves in the present moment by attempting to relive the past. If you do not know yourself, you either become a nihilist, like a radical, or a totalitarian, tyrannical, and neither are good. We, can come, we, we become these things and we are in various different ways in our lives. And one of the ways you can see that is in your relationships. <laughs> That's where all this lives, in your relationships. You ever become radical in your relationships? Disrupt them, disturb them, cause them shit? Of course you do. You have. Have you ever become the tyrant? Tyrannical? Trying to control yourself and other people? Of course. That's happened. That's happened in the past. It's happening now. Somewhere in your relationship to someone. And it'll happen in the future. And again, if you want to see examples of this, just look at you and your relationship to yourself. You're both of these things. You do radical things. And you're also a tyrant in the way in which you treat yourself at times. They're not good because either option will leave you outside of the social norms where you'll suffer. If we go too far out of what's acceptable, we'll suffer. And that's a problem. You can see that in the family dynamic as an example. If you go too far out of what your family accepts, you'll be banished where you'll suffer. That can happen in friend circles, it can happen in work circles, it can happen all over the place. If we go too far out of what people find acceptable, we'll suffer. We'll find some other people out in the fringes to hang out with and fair enough. <laughs> Whether that's good or not, who knows? I haven't seen too many examples of that yet, being out on the fringes and thriving for too long. And so this is some ways, these distinctions and how we can tote the pain of the past along. I'll give you an example, personal example that came to me yesterday. We had a Temescal on property yesterday, sweat lodge. And what I was tempting to, what I was giving to the fire before I went in was worry and fear. Worry and fear. Take that from me, fire. And what I noticed when I went in for the two, first two rounds was my heart racing and like these flood of thoughts coming to me about that they evoked worry and fear. <laughs> things I've experienced in the past, things that I'm concerned about in the future, all these different things. And it's like, my heart was just going. Which led me to this realization of a scarcity mindset. Meaning that at times I feel I don't have enough and what I do have, I need to protect, otherwise it'll be taken from me. And I found that very interesting. I've noticed that before, but just in a different angle, different way. It's like, okay, the scarcity mindset, 
evokes worry and fear. Where does the scarcity mindset come from? What do I feel I have to protect what I have? I don't feel I have enough and what I do have, I need to protect. And what came to me were these thoughts about uh, my childhood, which are so blistering and so clear to me. It was so interesting. Sitting, sitting in that dark, steamy <laughs> sweat lodge, nestled into the dirt and the mud. That things that I cared about were taken from me without consent. And I can see why that occurred. You know, when I was young, I had this baby blue blankie. Oh, so nice that I took everywhere with me. A little safe, safe blanket. <laughs> and at some point, my parents took it from me without me knowing until I noticed it. It's like, hey, where is it? And that experience left a mark. And then another thought came to me when I was younger. I, I built this little safe place in my closet, my room, you know, and pillows and blankets and rock posters and all sorts of different things in it. And I would crawl into there. And that was like my, my safe space. You know, I could just be by myself, you know, away from the world protected. Ooh, I can even feel the emotions coming up. And at some point, my parents thought it was a good idea to dismantle that without talking to me about it. And I can understand, it's like, yeah, it's time for you to grow up. And it's like, okay, fair enough. Take your blankie, your safe place, these kinds of things. And all of these experiences started to come to me in my childhood. And what I noticed was that's the scarcity mindset. Things that matter to me are taken from me. That's the lesson. And that's a lesson, that's, that's, a, that's an experience I've been toting with me for decades that have led me to the scarcity mindset that I need to protect what I have because it's, it's soon will be taken from me. A very fascinating insight and how that can leave me worried and fearful that that is coming. It's just around the corner and how much attention, how much attention I've had on that throughout my life. And we all know how it goes, what we have attention on, uh, what we have our attention on has a way of manifesting and I've suffered. I've definitely suffered through this particular experience, this mindset and the emotions attached to it and the way in which I behave when I'm feeling this way, scared. It's nothing good. It leaves me outside of the norms in some ways where I'm kind of dangling out on the periphery, <laughs> suffering on my own because I have a tendency of not speaking when I'm out there. I get quiet and I want to be alone. And what's in the absence of that is support guidance, safety, oof. So I have this in, in a different way now, this looking, this insight. It's like, okay, I can have a different future moving forward if I can have this out in front of me. I can have it versus it having me. And it's had me for a very long time. And it gives me hope of a different experience for myself less worry, less fear, more trust, greater strength. That sounds nice. <laughs> the very thing I was calling in yesterday, give me the trust, give me the strength that I need. And the insight came to me. And now I have something to practice, which is essential. It's key. And that's completing your past. 
That's the other distinction, sir. Your ethical responsibility as a human being is to complete your past. Revivify yourself with attention and communication. It's so key that we complete our past. It's essential and it is bloody difficult. And if we don't do that, we'll constantly victimize ourselves and play that out in the world. You're doing something to me, person, world, which is not good for us. It's always somebody else or something. It's never us. And we don't complete our past. So we put attention on something and the idea is to communicate it. So it makes more sense to us and we can include other people through communication. The aim, that, the aim then is to become an individual and not a slave to your ideas. And we can be a slave to our ideas, especially in our past. You must impose restrictions on yourself to keep yourself present, which makes you more creative, not less. And there is an element to that. We have to apply restrictions on ourselves. That's the yoga practice in some ways. Think about every pose. It's restrictive in some ways. We've got to choose something. Can't choose everything. With the right holding. The idea is not to pile, on, pile ourselves with a bunch of nonsense, but be restrictive in a way that leads us into more of what we want. And that's an element of this practice. If you can stay as present as you possibly can for the next 60 minutes, great things can happen. Why? Because you're present. Great things happen in the present. That's where creativity lives. And the ability to manifest your creativity in body, in action, real time. It's amazing practice. As a result, you can generate the creativity you need to overcome current challenges. There's always a challenge. <laughs> There's always a damn challenge. Always. Never ends. You are your greatest challenge, as we are. And how to overcome this thing. <sighs> Every moment. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, it's you again. This damn challenge called me. The more challenges you overcome, the more present you become, the more available and capable you, you become. And that is brilliant. And the idea is to be an available, capable person that people can count on, including yourself. And that's a hell of a thing to take on. And that's what's nestled in this practice. Responsibility. the ability to pull yourself into the present moment and create something that is meaningful for yourself into the future. That's the attempt. So I have a question for you. What's a thought that torments you? A thought, some, in, some experience, some idea, some, I don't know, something from the past that has a way of visiting you and tormenting you. Just something brief. We have a practice to get into. <laughs> Anybody got an idea? A thought about that? Something that torments you? Probably something you don't want to say out loud, but that's okay. <laughs> to make this real. Anybody got an example? <laughs> you do. Whether you want to say it out loud or not, who knows? If you don't, that's fine. But the idea is to take something to the mat that you're working towards. The focus this morning is on shoulders 
where we hold blame, guilt, control. These are past-based experiences that create this, typically. How we can blame ourselves, guilt ourselves for the life we've already lived. And the reasons why we attempt to control in the present moment. It's very strange how we behave in this world. <laughs> I'm, chasing, I, I'm chasing something I don't necessarily want to be with. It's quite strange. And the ability to find these things, identify them, make sense of them, extract the lessons, and then cut away from them. That's why learning is so painful. Very painful to learn, especially about you. And so I encourage you, this practice, bring yourself to it. You ready for that? Okay, nice to be with you. Let's hit the mat.